الحمد للہ الحمد للہ وکفا والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفا اما بعد فاعوذ باللہ من الشیطان الرجیم بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم یا ایوہ الذین آمنوا من یرتد منکم عن دینه فسوف یأتی اللہ مقوم یحبهم ویحبونه ذلکن او کما قال النبی صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم او سسپیکٹڈ علماء اکرام بردرز ان اللہز اس آیت آف دی قرآن شریف اللہ تعالیٰ ایڈریسز دی بیلیوز یا ایوہ الذین آمنوا او یو ہو ہیو ایمان او یو ہو بیلیو دن اللہ تعالیٰ ساؤنز ای وارننگ that this iman, this is the most valuable asset that anybody ever possesses and it's purely the gift of Allah Ta'ala which has to be appreciated, which has to be cared for, guarded, protected. But if somebody feels that na'uzubillah, they don't have any need for this and they renege, they leave iman, So they should take note and they should understand that whoever reneges from his deen, leaves his iman, then he doesn't harm Allah Ta'ala in any way. Allah Ta'ala is not harmed in any way by anything. Allah Ta'ala is khaliq, he is the creator, he is the sustainer, Allah is not in need of anybody. The person who leaves his deen, leaves his iman, he does no harm to anyone but himself. He is the one that loses out. He loses out in dunya. Allah forbid he leaves this dunya in this manner, then he has lost out for eternity. It's not a matter of that there is some other option. There is no other option. For salvation in the akhirat, There is only one option and there is only one path. And that is the path of Iman. The kind of slogans that are sometimes heard, that all the rivers meet in the ocean, these are all just words to try and confuse, to try and put people into some deception and make them feel that no matter what you do, whichever religion you follow, All the rivers meet in the ocean, so all the religions will eventually get to the same point. No such thing. If that was the case, Allah Ta'ala would not have made Nabi Wasallam undergo this extent of mujahada and sacrifice and all the difficulties and hardships to establish the oneness of Allah Ta'ala on earth and to eradicate all kinds of idol worship in any and every form and to bring only the tawheed and the oneness of Allah Ta'ala alive There would have been no need for all this. But none of, nothing else will lead to that salvation in Akhirat 
it is only belief in Allah wa ta'ala and in the oneness of Allah ta'ala and following in the Mubarak way of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa accepting him wholeheartedly and following in his footsteps, this is the only path to salvation in Akhirat. So these are just all fancy words. There's nothing that is in it. The reality is simply this, that the only ticket to Jannat is Iman. So Allah Ta'ala is addressing every believer that look, you stay firm on your Iman, you're doing yourself a favor. And Allah forbid somebody leaves their Iman, they're harming themselves only, not harming Allah Ta'ala in any way. And Allah Ta'ala is totally independent of everyone. One person goes, minkum an dini. Allah Ta'ala says, فَسَوْفَ يَأْتِ اللَّهُ بِقَوْمٍ One person reneges, فَسَوْفَ يَأْتِ اللَّهُ بِقَوْمٍ The word قَوْم means an entire nation. One person goes, Allah will bring an entire nation in place. And they won't be the kind of person that reneged what kind of person he was. They would be of a very different caliber. What will be the caliber of these people? فَسَوْفَ يَأْتِ اللَّهُ بِقَوْمِ يُحِبُّهُمْ وَيُحِبُّونَ There will be that group of people, that kind of nation, that kind of people, that they will love Allah Ta'ala, and Allah Ta'ala will love them. This is the very salient quality of them. How would it be known that who loves Allah Ta'ala? What will be the way it will be identified? How can a person judge within himself? That I am I somebody who loves Allah Ta'ala? And one step beyond that, Allah Ta'ala says, يُحِبُّهُمْ وَيُحِبُّونَ Allah, They will love Allah and Allah will love them. So now what is the way a person can ever work that out? That Allah Ta'ala loves him. So in another ayat of the Qur'an Sharif, Allah Ta'ala says, قُلْ إِن كُنْتُمْ تُحِبُّونَ اللَّهَ فَاتَّبِعُونِي يُحْبِبُكُمُ اللَّهَ وَيَغْفِرْ لَكُمْ ذُنُوبَكُمْ Allah Ta'ala says to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa that declare to them, to one and all, if you claim to love Allah Ta'ala, then there's one way of proving your claim, فَاتَّبِعُونِي Follow in my footsteps, in the Mubarak way of life of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa And what will be the outcome of this? يُحْبِبُكُمُ اللَّهِ Allah will love you. So now in this ayat Allah Ta'ala says, Allah will bring such a group of people who will love Allah. And Allah will love them also. And in this ayat Allah Ta'ala says, you follow in the Mubarak footsteps of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, that will inculcate the love of Allah in your heart, and that will make you the beloved of Allah Ta'ala. So if Allah Ta'ala has blessed somebody truly with the tawfiq of following in the Mubarak footsteps of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, not just in some isolated things, in one or two things here and there, his entire lifestyle comes onto the Mubarak way of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi This is a sign that inshallah he has come onto the path of attaining the love of Allah Ta'ala. So now the very important point and the lesson now to drive here is, that Allah Ta'ala says that those who renege, those who leave their iman, this most valuable asset, this most precious gift, of Iman was forsaken, Allah forbid. Allah will bring another whole nation in place. And they will love Allah, and Allah will love them. So on the one side are the murtaddeen. On the one side are the people who renege. 
And the opposite group Allah Ta'ala brings about are the people of muhabba. The people who have true love for Allah Ta'ala. They are opposite to the murtaddeen. In other words, the safeguard to a person's iman is to inculcate this true muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala. If he's on this side, on the side of the people of muhabbat, he won't fall on the side of the murtaddeen. But if that muhabbat is weak, if that love is very, very superficial, then he's in great danger. Love forbid when he can just flip over. Now this ayat of the Quran Sharif is a very, very deep lesson and message in it for us that if we want to protect our iman, then we'll have to protect our iman by developing the love of Allah Ta'ala and the love of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and following in his Mubarak way of life. Now this Mubarak way of life, this way of life, this is what is termed generally in just general language. Everybody has what they call a culture. Everybody has their own culture. And people adhere very strongly to their culture. So like everybody has a culture, a mu'min also has his culture. His culture is his deen. His culture is the same aspect that has been mentioned in this ayat of the Qur'an Sharif, فَاتَّبِعُونِي يُحْبِبُكُمُ اللَّهِ When Nabi Islam was told to declare, follow in my footsteps, follow in the culture of Rasulullah wasallam, the culture of the sunnah, the culture of that Mubarak way of life, not in just some selective aspects, in everything, whether it deals with one's personal life, whether it deals with how he conducts himself as a person among his family, whether it is his business, whether it is his social functions, whether it is his marriage or his funeral. There's the culture of Islam, the culture of the Mubarak Sunnah of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And when a person starts leaving this culture of Islam out, so now he's going to leave something out of what? Is it just something that came about just... With the passage of time, people just picked up something by the way. No, no. What came authentically from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa that was divinely inspired and guided by Allah Ta'ala. So now a person gave something up from the culture of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa He didn't just give up anything minor. He gave up something that came from Allah Ta'ala. And in place of that, what he took? He took something from the side of the Yahud from the side of the Nasara, something from the West. Now what a, what a situation this is. On the one side is the culture of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa And on the other side is the culture of the Yahud and Nasara, the culture of the West. So now it cannot be that a person can marry these two things. They cannot be married. It's a greater distance between the East and West. But now we are trying to marry it. So now first it starts off with certain things which we call just, well, customary things. But something that's authentically established as a sunnah is not just customary, it's an ibadat. But we start off in that, in things of day-to-day life, and then there's a gradual shift. Now this is what in 
Some fancy words, people call it the process of enculturation. When two cultures meet, people of one culture now are living alongside people of another culture, which in our situation, wherever Muslims are in a minority, obviously they are living between or among people of all different cultures. But they have their own culture. But now when people of different cultures meet, so now they call it the process of enculturation, that people from one culture take things from the people of another culture. They borrow things, borrow traits and habits, take some ways, take some behaviors. But now the big question is why? Why do people of one culture take something from another culture? Now one is from a dini perspective is obvious, but even from western research, the analysis of this is, that when people of one culture find something in the other culture as what they deem to be better. Somebody has something of his own culture, but he's looking outside and what he deems to be better. Why he deems it to be better? Maybe sometimes because of his ignorance, sometimes because of the propaganda that he now forgot what he has is the best, he's looking out somewhere else. Sometimes just because of some deception that somebody put into his heart and mind. So now he's deeming something else to be better. That is why he takes it. Who takes something that they don't deem to be better? Now somebody has got gold and he saw some worthless stone somewhere. And because of his ignorance, because of his being just a fool, little child, he doesn't know what's going on maybe, immature completely. So now he kept the diamond aside, he put that gold aside and he went to take that worthless stone. One is he took a worthless stone, but something that was filled, it was droppings of some animal. He took it to be valuable. He went to pick up that dung. And he left aside that diamond and pearl. And that precious and priceless diamond and pearl. Money can't buy it. So now this is the height of foolishness. But because he deemed in his ignorance something else to be better, that is what he took. Now this is that danger when we start looking at things around and we start borrowing things, something from here, something from there, and we start taking things to heart which came from other cultures, we start taking it, that this too can be done, this too is fine, dressing in that manner is okay, doesn't matter really. But then what happens? First, a person's day-to-day life starts changing in terms of his practices, how he dresses, how he conducts his business, how he has his social functions, and the resemblance between the Yehud and the Sa- the resemblance goes directly into the Yehud and the Sara, and over time, no distinction can be made out. There's just one incident, one person was sitting somewhere, and now he saw somebody, some child playing, so now he saw the child playing, so he's now thinking aloud, say, is this a boy or a girl? Because he can't make out now the dressing now, the dressing is such, but on the one side he's looking like a girl, but the dressing is all like a boy, so now he's a little bit confused, so he's saying aloud now, he's thinking aloud, is this a boy or is a girl? So, somebody was nearby, overheard him, he didn't realize. The person got annoyed. The person said, can't you see it's a girl? So he looked aside and he saw that perhaps this is the parent, so he wanted to apologize. He said, I'm sorry, I didn't know you the father. The person said, can't you see I'm the mother? So you can't make out the son from the daughter? and can't make out the father from the mother. Now this is that one kind of 
the western lifestyle that this was in the in some other culture which had no shame no modesty some culture that had no morals some culture that didn't have deprived of iman obviously didn't have anything to understand what is the mubarak way of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam so they were just living their lives without anything and going from bad to worse and nauzubillah thumma nauzubillah those who had the most beautiful way they thought something of that was good they gave up their beautiful way of life that mubarak culture that rasulullah sallallahu gave them and they started taking this dressing that you can't make out a muslima from a yahudiya you can't make out a muslim from a yahudi so this starts off first on this level and then gradually it starts coming into beliefs there was one article that was written long long ago in the 2006 2007 and that article stated that there's a need for a dramatic cultural change and the target time was between 2010 and 2025 that in this time there has to be this dramatic cultural change that has to be effected now how is going to be done so it says it's a very very long process and the most difficult part of this process is what they call the unbending process how this cultural change has to happen this is the agenda now these things are not happening just by chance they're not happening just by chance that somebody who grew up in a muslim home a home where there's iman a home where the name of allah is taken but is willfully and out of choice deciding to adopt the way and manner and the dressing and the appearance of the yahud and nasara their way of conducting their marriages their way of living their lives their way of running their businesses why did it happen this happened by chance just people just saw something no it was being deliberately fed into the lives through the media and whatever else so now this cultural change that was now the, on the agenda how is going to happen so the most difficult part of it is the unbending process and what is the unbending process see is the unbending process this what it entails is the things that people regard the non material factors non material factors among them what is listed customs beliefs that people regard these things as untouchable can't touch this this is something very sacred i can do something else but not my beliefs don't touch my beliefs you can't come anywhere near that i won't give up this so mashallah he holds that very close to his heart but then he starts compromising things on the outside he says gradually this article that has been written by whoever it was he says this unbending process over time will make people believe that these things that they held to be sacred are really not so sacred it's fine if there's some compromise in this also so now first it was just some external things it was just some external things not just in the sense that it was trivial it was very important but it was external but then from the external to the internal that culture on the outside will impact on what's inside because this too is a kind of reneging Hazrat Maulana Abdul Hasan Ali Nadwi rahimahullah very great scholar of the recent past passed away in around 2000 he wrote one book titled Riddatun wala Aba Bakrin laha Riddatun wala Aba Bakrin laha there's a flood of reneging 
There's no Abu Bakr standing in its way. He was referring to the time when Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala an, when after the passing on of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa and some of the tribes, seven tribes on the outskirts of Medina Munawwara, who had come into Islam more superficially, just on the face of it. They hadn't really come into Islam. But they claimed to have come into Islam. After Rasulullah passed away, they reneged. And he declared that we'll wage jihad against them. But there was a very, very delicate situation in Medina Munawwara. And everybody was now opening their eyes wide, all the enemies, that Nabi Salaam has just passed away. The Muslims are in a very vulnerable situation because they have lost their Nabi from dunya. So, this is the time to pounce on them. And this is the time to attack. And on the other side, these tribes now reneged. And Abu Bakr said, I will send armies against them, to wage jihad against them. The Sahaba felt, no, this is not the time. This is the time now to just remain and defend Madinah Munawara. Because of the threat and because of the, the harm that can come. And Umar also came. And he offered the same suggestion. That the more appropriate thing right now is that we should remain in Madinah Munawara and don't dispatch all these Sahaba out. Because right now, this is a very, very delicate moment. And the enemies are all, they are making their plans. So we have to all remain here. Abu Bakr Nanu hits him in his chest with force. And he says to him, Ajabbarun fil jahiliya wa khawwarun fil Islam. Were you a mighty fellow? Were you a very brave person in the times of Jahiliya? You've become a coward now? He said, if nobody else comes, I'll go alone. If nobody else comes, I will go alone. Because this is the need of the moment and the demand of deen. Allah Ta'ala opened out the hearts of the Sahaba to this reality. And they said, we have understood it now. As Umar said, we've understood it. You go along, we, will, we are with you. Whatever you command, we are ready for it. Now this was that incident that turned the tide. That turned the tide of irtidad. Where this one personality took that stand. And he said, come what may, but I will not let this happen. Can any deficiency come in deen and I am still alive? So he turned the tide of this reneging. Now this was the reference that riddatun wala ababakrin laha. One is a reneging in terms of iman and faith itself. Allah forbid that somebody forsakes his iman. But as mentioned, yes, it's a terrible thing. But the person does harm to himself only. Doesn't harm Allah Ta'ala anyway. Doesn't harm the deen of Allah Ta'ala also. Because Allah Ta'ala has promised, In place of one person, Allah will bring a whole nation. And they won't be of that same type. They'll be of a very different caliber. They will love Allah. Allah will love them. They'll be very soft-natured with the believers. And عِزَّةٍ عَلَى الْكَافِرِينَ They'll be firm against the disbelievers. They won't compromise in their beliefs. They won't compromise in their culture. They'll remain steadfast on their way of life. Yes, they'll be compassionate to everyone. They'll take care of the person who is the worst atheist also. If he's dying of hunger, they'll feed him. They'll clothe the naked person, whoever he is. He can be anybody. But they will not compromise their culture for anybody. They will remain steadfast on deen. So this was the reference at that time. Abu Bakr stood in the way of that religion and turned the tide. What he meant and in that kitab what he wrote is that there is a different level of religion in our times also. One is this intellectual apostasy. People are having doubts about what Allah Ta'ala has revealed in the Quran Sharif. Allah Ta'ala has revealed various laws regarding for example inheritance, 
what is the system of inheritance in Islam that the male, the son will get double the share of the female. Now you'll get people who claim to be Muslim. They are questioning this. How can this be in Auzubillah? Allah Ta'ala has declared capital punishment. Yes, this requires where there is a Muslim government, where there is a Qazi. It cannot be just be carried out by anybody anywhere. But that is the decree of Allah Ta'ala. Now if somewhere in the world that is going to be established, now people are questioning it. But can this be the case and can this be the way? And what the West has called women's rights. Now that becomes that everybody else is also talking that that should be the women's rights. And what Allah Ta'ala has given the women's rights, that is something that's un- not understood or forgotten, or that is not regarded as respect for a woman. Respect for a woman is what the West has given, that she is free, completely free, free to walk around naked on the road also. That is the respect that the West has given the woman. And that's the kind of woman's rights that others want also. But now we are bringing, this is a kind of reneging. That we have doubts about what Allah Ta'ala has given in the Quran Sharif. So this is a reneging and this eventually starts impacting on the iman itself. So it starts off on the outside and then it comes onto the inside. The only way to protect that is, as mentioned in the ayat of the Quran Sharif, قُلْ إِن كُنْتُمْ تُحِبُّونَ اللَّهِ فَاتَّبِعُونِي يُحْبِبْكُمُ اللَّهُ وَيَغْفِرْ لَكُمْ ذُنُوبَكُمْ In this ayat Allah Ta'ala has declared on the one side the murtaddeen, opposite to them the ahle muhabba, the people who love Allah Ta'ala the people who follow in the Mubarak way of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa that is the protection and safeguard of deen. So in other different terminology, simply upholding the culture of deen, the culture of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa not taking the culture of anybody else, keeping steadfast on the Mubarak sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa that is going to protect us in our deen, protect the culture and the deen of our children and progenies to come, Otherwise, Allah forbid, so many countries where Muslims migrated and in the numbers, hundreds of thousands, but then they started getting enculturated. They started taking things from the culture of the people who were far away from deen, had no iman. And within two, three generations, those who came up, let alone having anything to do with Islam, even their names were gone to. They didn't even have Muslim names left. These are realities. Allah Ta'ala protect us and save us. We have to uphold the sunnah. Have no doubt about what Allah has given us. Izzat is only what Allah Ta'ala has given us. There is no respect anywhere else. Respect and honor is in nobody else's way of life. Any respect we want is only in the way Allah has given us. Allah Ta'ala give us the tawfiq.